Prepare to be captivated by the business story of the week, hosted by me, Shaheen Shan. Join us on a journey through the twists and turns of entrepreneurial triumphs and setbacks. Immerse yourself in the narrative and witness the magic that turns dreams into reality. This is Business Story of the Week. Thank you for joining me. This is Katie Whitledge with a Beyond the Technique podcast. Today, we're talking about the entrepreneurial roller coaster ride. I have a really fitting guest. He's a first-time guest, uh, far beyond any guest success that we've had. Well, I shouldn't say far beyond, but he's one of probably the top 10 most successful guests that I've had here on Beyond the Technique, um, which says a lot for 500 some episodes. So let me just tell you about Shaheen Cheyenne. He is the mastermind behind the designer drug Herbal Ecstasy that took the 1990s by storm and the Amazon marketing guru who revolutionized the way businesses succeed online. His book, Billion, How to Become King of the Thrill Pill Cult, tells the wild story of his rags to riches journey, generating over a billion, with a B, dollars along the way. He's here today. Without further ado, help me welcome Shaheen. Welcome to Beyond the Technique. Yay. Thanks for having me on, Katie. Ah, it's my pleasure. I, I just want everybody to know if you're listening, you can actually watch today's episode on our YouTube channel. There you get to see the faces behind the names. Shaheen has very cool glasses on, a very cool background. I think you'll enjoy seeing him. Um, I'd love for you to go there. You can find that in our show notes as well. So let me start, Shaheen, with just asking about this rags to riches story. Where did this all begin for you? How did you become an entrepreneur? Yeah, so my story is kind of unusual. I, I left home when I was very young, when I was 15. We were immigrants to this country. We came from Iran. And what happened was I left home at 15 trying to seek my fame and fortune and left everything I knew behind. And I fell into the electronic music scene, the rave scene in the 1990s. And somehow in my teenage mind, told myself that I'm going to create an alternative to illegal drugs, one in particular called ecstasy, and I was going to make a million bucks. And I was wrong. I made a billion dollars in revenue. Wow. We were one of the most successful supplements of all time. And that was a wild run. Like you said, I write about it in my book, Billion, How I Became King of the Thrillpill Cult. It's going to be a, a major motion picture in the next couple of years. So super excited about that. This is unbelievable. And I find that when people aren't born in the U.S., sometimes, and, and this is just a totally different perspective, but sometimes you think like you really don't have all the opportunities in the world, even though they say this is the land of opportunity. But I find a lot of people who move here from other countries, they are they blow up. They do awesome things. What was it about coming here that made you feel like there was limitless potential? Yeah, so my parents wanted us to have a better life. Right. And we were Iranian Jews and fearing persecution. They thought, man, you know, this might not end well for us. Didn't end well the last time for the Jews. So maybe we'll, we'll move. And I truly believe that America is one of the greatest experiments ever in history and one of the greatest countries ever. We have more opportunity, more ability to succeed here than anywhere else. You know, a lot of people come from other countries and I talk to Europeans all the time and now we do business with Europeans and they're they're blown away by the 
ease and the ability for somebody to start a business and to succeed. And as, as most entrepreneurs know, the majority of wealth that's built outside of real estate in this country comes from the value that you build in your business and your ability to exit and sell it later on. So I think these are things that make this country great. And the fact that anybody from any background with nothing can make it where that's not possible in a lot of other countries makes this one of the greatest countries in the world. Well, I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, something that you said really triggered this industry as well. The beauty industry, I think, is a place where you don't have to have an incredible background. It doesn't matter where you come from. You can be successful and there's a place for you here. Though in our industry, typically businesses close or do not succeed, you know, seven years or less time, they, they close down. And not a lot of companies in our industry really build in a way where they can pass the torch and have a succession plan, sell it. Uh, most people don't want to buy a job. And, you know, so how would you um, encourage the entrepreneurs within this industry? And what's crazy, you know, wellness industry is the beauty industry is a multi-billion dollar industry, yet it is a very small industry. Yeah. The entrepreneurial entrepreneurs in our industry, what kind of advice would you offer to help them not just succeed, but create a legacy? Yeah. So look, a lot of it is blue ocean, right? There's a great book called uh, blue ocean. And it talks about how you don't want to be where the water's red, right? Cause that's everybody's in there. The sharks are there. Competition is the death of your ambitions in a lot of ways. Right. So a little bit of competition is okay. A lot of competition can kill what you want to do. So it, particularly in the in the med spa business and a lot of these businesses, it's well oversaturated. So you have to figure out what your niche is and what sets you apart. What makes you different from the other three million clinics out there that are doing what you do? And a lot of that may not be mechanics. And here's what I mean by that. A lot of that may not be you having better equipment or you uh, having some crazy technology with lasers coming out of space that makes people look 20 years younger. What it may be is just a better story. What it may be is just providing better customer service. What it may be is you just being more accessible to your clients, calling to check up on them. Little things like that make a huge difference. And I'll tell you something, especially from the perspective of small businesses. And I've had businesses that are, are just startups all the way up onto companies that have made over a billion dollars in revenue. And no matter what business you are in, Everybody else's business seems easier to you. It seems like they have less problems than you have. But the thing you got to know is that every business has problems. I haven't found a business that doesn't have problems. And there's varying levels of problems and varying levels of activity and passivity in, in every business. But solving problems is what we do as entrepreneurs that makes us successful. That is the work. We think that going out there and doing the manual labor, doing the thing that people pay us for is the work. That's not the work. The work is, hey, this customer charged back his credit card. We got to figure out why and solve it so it doesn't happen again. And it seems like menial work, that kind of stuff. 
paperwork and, and, and little things like that seem like menial work, but that's the work. It's figuring out these higher level problems and how to fix them upstream that makes you a better business person, not the manual thing that everybody else does. Those things are repeatable. It's so good. It's such good advice. And I'm taking all these notes. And I think it's a good reminder that our job is to put out fires. It is to solve problems. Cause I think that can be the exhausting roller coaster that just never ends for entrepreneurs and um, yeah. owners in our industry. So I, I appreciate that. So yeah. But what- the, I, the idea is to your point is that we want to learn how to solve stuff upstream so that A, if we can, avoiding and averting those fires and B, if they happen, we have predictable systems for how to deal with them when they do. And if that happens, you know, look, here's the thing, Katie, in every business that I've had, there's been five to 10 problems that are just on repeat. And that's it. It's really not, you're not going to wake up as a, as an owner of a a medical spa, of a biohacking center of like one of these places. You're not going to wake up in the morning with some crazy new problem that you never heard of. 99% 99% of the time, the problems are the same. Customer wants to cancel their subscription. Uh, credit card didn't go through. Like you could probably list five problems and like a few variations of each and that's it. So then your work as an entrepreneur becomes solving those problems, both upstream and creating systems, what we call SOPs, uh, that are standards for how that gets done. Yeah, it's so smart. And then it becomes a lot easier. It doesn't feel as exhausting. When you tell your story about my goal was to make a million dollars with herbal ecstasy, we ended up making a billion. That sounds like it happened pretty easy for you. But tell us, what was that like? I mean, what was the hardest part? What came easier than you expected? Yeah, look, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Everything feels easier when you have it. I tell people this all the time. You know, you see a guy walk in, right? Maybe you're in line somewhere, right? And dude walks in and he's just furious and he cuts in front of you in the line. And you're like, man, what a, a, you know what? Like this guy can't (laughs) believe it, right? It's because we don't see what he's been through in the last hour. We don't see what he's been through the last five hours, the last five weeks. If you understood that that guy just got into a car accident and his dog died and, you know, his his wife's divorcing him and, you know, his, his, his grandmother's got, you know, cancer, You'd be like, oh, cool, man. Yeah, by all means, get ahead. I understand that you're acting that way. And it's that limited perspective that we have, the inability to to see into the past and see what what people have have gone through uh, that makes us just see the person in that moment. And it's the same thing with successful people, actually. So when you see somebody who succeeded, we see their success. We rarely see what they've gone through to achieve it. In, in my case, I went through all kinds of crazy stuff, being chased by the mob, by the pharma companies, which was, none of that was as bad as the U.S. government, uh, attorney generals, multiple states coming after me. Uh, and all this while being a teenager, making millions of dollars, not even knowing basic accounting at that time. So I had all types of trials and tribulations. But at the end of the day, all people saw was, hey, here's a 16-year-old kid that made a billion bucks. So what did you have to do to kind of begin to solve those startup problems of all these different companies coming after you? It's interesting when a supplement that's healthy is successful. People don't like that. Uh, Sickness really sells here in the U.S., which is unfortunate. 
Um, but even like you said, not understanding basic accounting, what did you do to finally get up on your feet and really run and manage all the pillars of a business? Yeah. So I wouldn't do it again this way, but I write about it again in my book, Billion, if people are interested. Um, and it's something I called suicide margins. At that point in my history, we were producing the product for 25 cents. We were selling it for $20. It was a mostly cash business. And we were literally printing money because the second we could print one of these pills for 25 cents, somebody would buy it for $20 out the other side. So my philosophy at that time, because it was all I knew, was just make more money. Employee steals money, no problem, make more money. Lawyers cost him money, make more money. Government sues you, make more money. And that worked for a while. It worked really well for a while, actually. Uh, and I had a, a mentor of mine later tell me, hey, look, any problem that you can throw money at and solve isn't really a problem. And I thought about that a lot. And I thought, man, that can really be true. Because if money's the only issue, we can work out the money part, right? You can, you can negotiate it down. You can figure out a way to pay less. You can maybe find a different vendor. There's all kinds of things you can do with that. Uh, the only real problems in life are the ones that money can't solve. And those are the ones that really require a, a lot of thinking. Yeah, that's so good. And by the way, for everybody listening, I'll have the link in our show notes for you to purchase the book Billion that Shaheen has wrote. We'll have that for you available for you in our show notes, as well as the links to his Instagram and website. Okay, so what else did you not know about being an entrepreneur that's really helped shape you You've, you've mentioned the 1990s, but let's fast forward to 2020s. Of course, COVID yeah. was in there. But what has really shaped you or things that you've learned that you're like on fire right now? You are still uh, blazing through life and doing a lot. What has shaped that? Probably the, the single most important thing I think that any entrepreneur needs to know in order to have a successful business and to grow it is how to harness the power of media. Right now, the most important commodity on the planet is attention, human attention, eyeballs. That's what all these companies are spending billions of dollars to try to figure out. Facebook, Meta, Google, Apple, all of these want a moment of your attention. That's one of the most precious commodities out there. And as an entrepreneur, as a, a small to medium-sized business owner, if you can figure out how to grab that attention, how to harness it, that's really going to be one of the most impactful ways to grow your business. So how do you do that? Well, what I discovered is that in the past, it was advertising, it was pay-per-click. There, there were a million different ways to get your message out. Now, most of those mediums have become very expensive. The most powerful way that I've discovered just in the last few years is podcasting, what you and me are doing right now. And more importantly, getting yourself as a guest on other people's shows. Why? Okay, a couple reasons. Reason number one, because me and you can go out there, Katie, and tell everybody in the audience how great we are, right? I can go out on your, on your show uh, and have you for a minute give that beautiful intro that you gave about me. And, and talk about me, and it's a totally different thing. Why? Because somebody with authority and credibility like yourself is now vouching for me, okay? 
The second part of it is social proof, right? Second element of influence. Professor Caldini talks about this in his book, Influence, is going on these shows gives you social proof. You have all these hosts vouching for you. Secondly, or thirdly, I should say, is relevance. You have to stay relevant. If there's 50 businesses just like you in your area, you want to become the expert, the authority. And you do that by being on shows in your niche. I right now run a company. We're the largest podcast booking agency in the United States called Podcast Cola. And what we do is we get people booked on great shows just like yours. And we do it thousands and thousands of times with tens of thousands of shows all over the world. And the great thing about podcasts, unlike traditional advertising, is that those people who are listening to this podcast and that podcast are in the car with you for an hour. They're at the gym while they're working out listening to you. They get to know you. You become a friend. Not only that, you get to sell your product, your service, your agency, your med spa, your biohacking center, whatever it is, through story which is the most powerful way of selling anything. And you get to build, funnel up, top down, a, a, a nice array of people that really, really understand your ethos and want to be a part of what it is that you're doing. And that's why we started. Anybody that's interested, you could reach out to us at podcastcola.com. And I'd be happy to talk to anybody who thinks they'd be a good guest on podcasts. Oh, that's so smart. And I love that you brought up that you need to stay relevant. And I think that that is important for everybody listening. There's something I've noticed about you this entire time, though, Shaheen. You are a reader. You have mentors. And before we started recording, I found out that you're into jujitsu. So you like to work out. I think it's important as entrepreneurs to take really good care of yourself and have these, what I call just non-negotiables for how you're going to live your life and everything else you, you fill in uh, outside of those non-negotiables. What are the things that you do to keep yourself sharp and ready for when the opportunities come of being on podcasts? Like you have to be somebody who's ready for these opportunities. What are all those things that you do? Yeah. So mentally, you know, first and foremost, family. Right, most important thing to me is my family, and I spend a lot of time with my son. I spend a lot of time with my wife. We spend a lot of time together as a family and our extended family, and we're always doing family stuff. That's the most important thing. Friends come next, right? Very important to have a good social circle. We found now through uh, multiple studies that people who have deeper social connections perform better. They perform better socially, they perform better mentally, they perform better physically, because we're social creatures. And even if you're an introverted person, having uh, meaningful social interactions on a regular basis is really one of the best biohacks out there. And then on a physical level, I do all the stuff that um, you know people do. I work out, I do ice baths, red light therapy, cryotherapy. I mean, I do the whole array of things to keep my body in peak condition, right? Eat, eat clean. Um, and, you know, I do intermittent fasting. You know, I limit my intake of things that are uh, dopamine release uh, agents. But outside of that, really, you know, the most impactful thing, like I said, is uh, family and social interaction. 
I love that you brought up that that is considered a biohack. I had not heard that before, the social interaction part, um, because a lot of the advice I had been given throughout life is keep your your you know friend circle small. But you're saying, you know, it's a good, it helps you. I can see the help you perform and I can see that it builds confidence and ease when you go to perform if you are surrounded socially by people who know you, like you, and already support you. So I appreciate that that feedback. So what else do you have going on? You have podcast cola, which we have in our show notes for everybody as well, your book. What else are you doing? I see that you are a speaker. Yeah. I, so I do some speaking, you know, my main focus these days is really, look, I've got my investment portfolio and I invest in some early mid-stage startups, but really my focus is getting people's stories heard through podcasts and podcast cola has been really my focus. Um, so if I'm doing, you know, two things, it's podcast cola and hanging out with my family, really. Well, let me just ask you then, because since you're a reader and you keep bringing up telling your story, what is a book that you feel has been really impactful when it comes to helping people figure out their brand story or their way they're going to share their story that will help them close more sales? Wow. Okay. So that's that's a lot to unpack there as far as um, those requirements. So, okay. I, I tell you, uh, for management of like your just general life and business. I'd say GTD, Getting Things Done by David Allen. Uh, I really like um, uh, Influence, Robert Caldini, really, and his follow-up book, uh, Persuasion. excellent for marketing and knowing how to influence people. I'm looking kind of at my, uh, at my uh, little list of books here. Uh, there's a great book called uh, Black Hole Focus. I'm not sure who writes it, um, but that's another uh, amazing one. The Art of Thinking Clearly, another great one by uh, Rolf uh, Dobelli. And I guess the final book I would recommend to people is one called Success Formula uh, by a guy named uh, Barabasi. He's Professor Barabasi. Uh, wrote that book, and it's a study of what makes people successful. So it's a a very powerful book, in my opinion. Well, in your book as well, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, bad billion, how I became king of the thrill pill cult. I was trying to exercise humility. <laughs> well, you were great. That's why you're smart. Cause here I am endorsing you, right? You're on my, you're my guest. <laughs> so that's my job. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think people really know though, that not only did you create this incredible, uh, herbal ecstasy supplement, but you also really are the first to blow up Amazon sales. Tell us just a bit about what you did there. Yeah. So early, I think in 2009, uh, when Jeff Bezos opened up the Amazon platform with third-party sellers, uh, I was one of the first guys to jump on there. And I learned everything about Amazon. And I started a number of Amazon companies, several brands, which we've sold since and had nice exits from those companies and learned really the ropes and how to handle Amazon. And Amazon's an amazing beast, um, but one that you really have to understand how to tame if you want to succeed in that business. So by, you know, just by the virtue of what I was doing, I became one of the lead experts uh, in the Amazon world. And so I've been asked to speak all over the world on Amazon and selling on Amazon and FBA seller. I think. Becoming already, FBA. I, one I more think, time. 
Yeah, it, you, what you've done is is huge. I think our industry tends to push back, like, no, Amazon, because we're selling usually face-to-face in our brick-and-mortar company. Yeah. What would you say to encourage people not to, you know, hate on Amazon, but is there a way to embrace and actually utilize that to propel their their revenue? No, I think it's okay to hate on Amazon. Amazon's <laughs> a tricky beast, so I think it's okay. And I think, look, if you've got products that you sell in direct in your business. Again, it's going to come down to loyalty. It's going to come down to value and it's going to come down to story. So really, if you're just selling, you know, junk in your facility, then, you know, anybody who's smart is going to go and just get the same thing on Amazon. So, you know, you want to very carefully curate what you buy and you want to make sure that they can't get it anywhere else on Amazon. So it does take an extra step. You got to do some more work. Maybe you offer them more, better value, right? Hey, if you get this from me, it also includes me telling you how to use it once a week. It tells me it, it includes, you know, this other thing that we're going to give you with it, right? There's a lot of value ads that you can offer, but if you think you're going to just be selling whatever collagen supplement and people are going to pay $69 to get it from you when they can buy it from 19 on Amazon, you're going to have a rude awakening. But if what you're doing instead is telling a story and that product becomes one of many products that you carry and that you only carry these perfectly curated products, you're going to have success. You know, me, me, me and my wife, we travel a lot and we go into stores all the time and I look for stuff that I can't get on Amazon, stuff that I've never heard of before, stuff that has something that, oh, I, I didn't even know you can get this and I'll pay whatever. I don't care how much it costs. Right. Because it's cool and it'll be, you know, something that I could tell a story about when I get back. But if, you know, you're selling the same thing they're selling online on Amazon, then the only thing that you have to compete with is price. And you're not going to be able to compete on price with Amazon. Yeah. Oh, so well said. I believe wholeheartedly that people, it's not, they don't want to pay less. They want to be given more. And so I really appreciate that you brought that up. So you mentioned that you have a portfolio and you invest. When you look at entrepreneurs and you meet somebody determining, of course, there's the mathematics. Does this deal make sense? What's my return? How quickly do I get my money back? And then some, all that. When you're reviewing all that, but you actually are analyzing the entrepreneur, what are you looking for? What are those key traits that you know, like, uh, this one is somebody that I'm going to put my money behind? Right. So th there's a number of factors I look, look at. Uh, primarily, I look at their history. So is this somebody who's had successes before? Um, I go a lot based on just gut feeling. So I kind of look at the person and I think to myself, man, is this somebody who has a lot of drama? Is the first thing they're telling me about how this partner ripped them off and how oh, they would have been successful if the accountant didn't steal their money and then the you know their ex stole their car and then you know the dog took off with all their food like. Or is this somebody who's on a pretty, you know, even keel? Is this somebody who is like, you know what, like I got this under control, right? And the only thing I'm missing is the finances to take it to the next level. And then I look at how they set up their business, right? Do they have SOPs in place, right? Standard operating procedures. Have they solved problems uh, upstream? And I look at the organization. What's the team like? How do they treat their team? How do they treat their customers? And of course, you know, looking at the product and the overall industry 
that they're in. So good. And for everybody listening, you're like, what's the correlation, Katie? I think it's important that if you are building a successful, sustainable business model and you're looking to pass the torch, those are some characteristics that would be important for you to start looking at when you're, when you're trying to decide who buys my business from me. So I appreciate that you brought that up. Okay. Before we're done today, Shaheen, what would be some final words of encouragement for beauty industry business owners listening today? Yeah, look, your business is no more problematic than any other business. Every business has problems. So you got to really look at what brought you to this business and what empowers you to wake up in the morning and do what you do. And you got to craft your story around that, right? You might not think you have a story, but everybody's got a story. And what you might think is uninteresting might be interesting to other people. So there's a lot of stuff out there. I recommend getting out there and telling your story. Get on some podcasts, get on some shows, maybe get on some radio shows, go talk to people, talk to the local news and get out there and start telling your story. Write a blog, maybe write a book, get out there and keep telling your story and then it'll change. It might, you might adapt, it might grow. You might add some things you didn't know. Somebody might tell you, hey, you know, that part of your story is really interesting and you might add it in there and start building up your authority, right? Just like you didn't start your business overnight, it took you a while to get there. Building yourself up as an expert is by far and away the best way. I tell people all the time, we practice pool marketing. So we create an environment where the customers come to us, not push marketing, where we have to go out there and do tons of ad spend and push it down their throat. And again, I think the most powerful way to do that is through podcasts. And anybody who listens to this, who's interested, you can reach out a free 15-minute consultation. It's www.podcastcola.com. And I'd be happy to speak to you personally and see if there's a way I can help you with that. Awesome. And we have that link in our show notes, just as a reminder, as well as the link for you to purchase Shaheen's book. You won't go wrong with investing in growing yourself personally and professionally. So Shaheen, it has been awesome having you here. I could talk to you all afternoon. Um, you're that kind of guy. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Likewise, really appreciate it, Katie. Thanks for having me on. Ah, my pleasure. And thank you all for joining us here week after week at Beyond the Technique. If you love this platform, we would love if you took a moment to leave us a positive review wherever you're listening so that more people like yourself will discover Beyond the Technique, where we're here to change the way that you are supported in your business. Until next time, everybody, have an awesome day. All right, so here's the thing. We try to get a little bit better every day, but we can't do it without you. So if you like the video, make sure to like and subscribe below. And if you have any comments, just leave them in the space under.